Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tussauds. And I'm Ann Friedman. Hi, Ann Friedman. Hello. How's it going? I was just going to say, I'm not going to ask how you're doing. I'm just going to say hello. (laughs) (laughs) I always reflexively say, um, how is it going? Mm. As a, you don't have to tell me how you are doing, but uh, we can have some small chit chat about the weather. (laughs) Right. Like the, how is it going? Meaning like, yes, like, you know, it is late October. The world is still here. I am still in it. That is what's happening. (laughs) And I cannot believe it's late October. Like that is kind of blowing my mind i know you know that episode we did um god probably almost a year ago now or maybe at the beginning of 2020 about like time and our perception of time is one of those where i'm like literally every episode could be that we could just sit here ruminating on the weirdness of of time and our perception of it every single week (sighs) yeah it just it makes no sense well um the time it's happening uh, <laughs> there is a lot going on in the world. A sentence that also can be applied to like pretty much every day. But it's true that there is a, you know, there's an election in like less than two weeks in this country, at least. Yeah. So um, are we going to talk about the election today? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, because I did not come on this podcast to be hashtag triggered. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we're not going to talk about the election, but I think we want to talk about ways that we are resisting all kinds of things and ways that um, art can be part of our resistance. Yeah, and also I think ways that art and having a community around art and creation can really sustain the kind of long game work that exists, whether or not we are actively in election mode. I think that is that is very appealing to me as a conversation right now. Like not just what feels like very traditional activism of like donating, phone banking, protesting, but also like how are we all using our skills and interests in a in a kind of ongoing way to like do the work we want to do for change in this world. That's that works with that works for me. I um, <laughs> I, like, I like that you're like co-sign that model. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm co-signing that model. My therapist was uh, and I were talking not just about like the things that I need to therapize about, but basically about Emma Goldman, who was like an anarchist, like political activist and writer. I love that my, um, I love that my therapist is also like probably an, an anarchist, like in their like private life. But anyway, like sent me down this rabbit hole about reading about Emma Goldman. And she has this quote that the minute I saw it, I was like, did some like sorority girl invent this and like, uh, you know, like attribute it to Emma Goldman? I know exactly um, what you're going like, to say. That, that <laughs> if, I can't, if I can't dance, I don't want to be in your revolution. Like I fully did not believe that that was like a, you know, that like a feminist, like a anarchist like said that. It just seems like too good for, you know, like college dorm, like poster material. It turns out it's like a real quote, actually. And I really, I was like, you know what? I'm not there yet, but I really, um, I would like to like really channel this. 
Yeah. And I feel like the theme of today's episode and on our agenda is it's not my revolution if I can't sing to it, I feel like is an accurate description. 100%. (laughs) On today's episode, we have two different choruses, one largely based in New York, one largely based in Los Angeles that are doing essentially activist and resistance work through um, creating music and singing together. And um, you know, we have a slightly untraditional for us format to today's episode where we are going to hand over uh, the mics to two different members of each of these choruses so they can talk um, to each other about why making music as um, an act of resistance is something that they gravitated toward and um, what they get from this kind of community that they don't get anywhere else. Well, first up, we have Sarah Sophie Flicker and Nailini Stamp from the Resistance Revival Chorus that is based here in New York and that I have been like really lucky to hear sing um, many times. The chorus is a collective of women protest singers that was founded um, in the wake of the Women's March. Sarah and Nailini met or rather like solidified their friendship by, um, you know, like working on the Women's March together. And here they are in their own voices, like telling you about the work they do. Well, my name is Nalini Stamp and I use she, her pronouns. And I am a co-founder and a member of the Resistance Revival Chorus. I'm Sarah Sophie Flicker, she, her pronouns, and I too am a founder and member of the Resistance Revival Course. The Resistance Revival Course was um, built in the summer of 2017, and, and me and Sarah Sophie were hanging out talking about what we needed in the moment where everything, every month, every week, there was a new thing from the, the Trump administration it seems like people just needed a bit of hope and a, a bit of joy. And for me, I just, I know music really brings joy to so many people. And it's a level of connection that's higher than, you know, talking to folks. You communicate. For me, I, I, I was a singer when I was younger and went to LaGuardia High School for the Performing Arts. Shout out the Fame School. And we needed new protest songs. So that was part of the idea. It was a day in... March, I think it was a few, not even a few months, like a few weeks after the Women's March. And um, we had organized a day without a woman. And Nailini and I were marching together. And there was a moment where she had grabbed a bullhorn and just started singing. You know, and I've known Nailini for a while, but for some reason, I didn't know she had quite the voice that she has. So I, I, and she started singing and I started singing with her and then everyone started singing and I looked at her and I just remember we had a brief discussion about how critical music and creativity was to this moment. And, you know, I think for both Nailini and I, you know, I come from, from a history of com- creative communities. You know, like my very first memories were in Christiania in Denmark, which is um, one of my favorite weirdo places in the world. It's basically like an artist's anarchist socialist community where... Um, Sounds like heaven. 
Nailini, I mean, listen, Amina can tell you there, you will see a lot of white people with dreads there, which is not great. But, but, you know, aside from that, that's how I grew up. And I grew up in community theater and dance. Then I went on to be um, a member of ACT UP when I was a teen and so late in my teens, when so many of my friends in San Francisco were dying and went on to form the Citizens Band, which was another political cabaret collective that I was the creative director of. You know, I, I think I've always functioned in communities and, and I have always been drawn to cultural organizing. I just think it's as simple as that I was an only child and I was really lonely. And all I want in this world is to be in community with people and to be known by people in that way that like siblings know each other. So um, especially in that moment, like it's funny looking back on it because it all felt so stressful and terrible and, you know, certainly as bad, if not worse than what we had all imagined when Trump was elected. And we just realized that like, if we do not infuse this moment with music and delight and art and community, I don't think we're all going to survive this. Like, I don't know how we could survive without it. So that was really the genesis of it. I haven't been able to do that many creative endeavors outside of politics, particularly the last four years um, because of this administration that we have. But I think that the thing that's really different about this for me is that it has a it has a political sphere it is all women gender non-conforming and femmes which is really great there's like a a a, it's it's nice to just be in a space with people um that's also feels safe and feels loving and feels warm and we we're not without our challenges as well because we live in this society but I think it is I mean for me what I get out of the space is just so much healing. I mean, I had it performed at the chorus for a while this year and we did an event the night after RBG um, passed and, you know, the, um, and it was, and it was just beautiful. It was, it just like, it just automatically kind of like, I was just in a, a, a terrible mood from a variety of things. And I just got like that, 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 there is a spiritual thing that happens when I'm in the chorus that doesn't happen in a lot of places. That is just, I know folk, I'm with people who have, you know, we're on a spectrum of politics, but share a particular viewpoint of the world and also share the beauty of caring for one another and each other and can share that with folks through song. And so that's just, for me, one of the most beautiful, beautiful things that I, I, I get out of the space. Yeah, no, I I really agree. And I'm going to be vulnerable and honest here for a second. You know, the Women's March was brought together so quickly with so many different people from, you know, levels of lots of history of organizing and activism to people who had no history of organizing and activism. We had pretty much every gender, every race, every, you know, every class, like it, it was a real broad spectrum of people. And because the Women's March was so public, by I, I really truly still maintain by, by really no fault of anyone involved, you know, we were just under such high scrutiny in such a public way that there was a lot of um, pain and ego and 
lies that were told about us certainly as well. And it was really painful and it was really fraught. And, you know, the good news is I think we really will, we have worked through so much of that, both publicly and privately and truly consider ourselves a family. But in the moment where the chorus was born, it was so important to me to know for myself, just for myself, that a community of women and femmes and non-binary folks from all you know different places in the world and and different um, ideologies could come together and work together because I think you know as we all know those divisions exist by design and work to make it really hard to create mass movements and collectives and collaboration and in my humble opinion those are all things that really threaten the patriarchy and sort of like hierarchies as they stand so what the course specifically brings to me is I think the understanding that we can do this and that this work is never easy, but it's also like the most meaningful work that I can imagine doing. And it's been really interesting to see how the pandemic played out for all of us, you know, and, and, and there's, it's a little bit funny, you know, because the last time we were all together indoors in a group situation was we were holding a community meeting meeting. And this is like, you know, a few days before New York City totally locked down. And we were really working out, you know, things that were painful for us, things that maybe weren't working, the things that were working. And I walked out that night feeling so proud of the work we had done. And then, you know, as fear and pain around coronavirus and shutdowns were happening in New York, we came together even more um, fiercely than ever before, mm-hmm. I got to say. And now that we found ways to to continue our work within COVID, um, you know, it's just like a community that now I can't imagine living without at all. It is the most joyous thing that I've I've done, I think. And I've been married once. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but is that really is that really a good measure, Nailini? I mean, my wedding was pretty awesome. It was a Harry Potter themed wedding. Um, so, I love that. but it, it is it's I cannot think of any more joy that I have. I mean, my in the in the in the fall of 2017, I got divorced and my grandfather died, and it was before my 30th birthday. And we were doing a kind of event in the anniversary of the general election of, of Trump being in office. I needed the chorus. Um, I needed that harmony with women and harmony with people. And I needed to just sing. I needed to get that out of my system, all the pain that I was bearing that fall. And so for me, it's just, and my grandfather was slowly decaying. And We had our earlier rehearsals at Sarah Sophie's house And my grandfather was actually being, it was in a nursing home a couple blocks away. And I would go after seeing my grandfather and just be so thankful to have that space to sing freedom songs with folks, to sing things that made me think of the future that we are, we're really fighting and trying to build. And so it just, it's really, really on, there are no, no specific words besides joy and light and love and pain and all of the things, but it, it, it makes me feel a sense of peace when I sing with the chorus. Yeah. I'm, I'm not an amazing singer. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I can 
it can hold a tune really well, but that's about it. You know, there's this thing where sometimes when we're all singing together and our voices merge in this way where it feels like we are one, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. It's like you can feel your voice completely merging seamlessly into everybody else's. And I don't, I, I don't know of a magic other than, you know, certain moments in parenting and the three days my children were born that are, are marrying my husband, of course, um, where, you know, but that's magic. You know, that's a kind of magic that um, I do not take for granted. And, you know, one of our sort of unspoken rules in the course is when we're singing, we always are trying to make eye contact with each other. And there's just something like the delight in all of our eyes when we're looking at each other is so special. And, you know, and then this is like, because I'm not a real singer, I can say this is like, there's never been a performance and oftentimes even a rehearsal where I don't cry and have to stop singing or like my voice breaks. And I imagine that you know, that happens to everybody. Some people are just better at singing through it than others, but it's a, it's a certain kind of like alchemy that I think is so special. Let's listen to one of the Resistance Revival chorus songs. Hey, 
The Resistance Revival Chorus's album, This Joy, is out now, and we are linking to it in the show notes, so do yourself a favor and check it out. Uh, Next up, we have a couple of other chorus members here on the West Coast, Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs, who composed much of the music we use on CYG, and Tani Ling, who is a vocalist, singer, accomplished musician. Together, um, the two of them lead Community Chorus, which Carolyn founded, and I think Tani joined shortly thereafter, in right after the 2016 election. They have a really incredible rapport. And I love hearing people who are brought together by not just a kind of like friendship and camaraderie and values, but also because of their creative collaboration. And I I also love professionals who are not precious about their work in like only working with other pros. You know, part of their whole practice with Community Chorus is like just finding joy in singing with people full stop like does not have to do with you know making like Carnegie Hall ready music even though both of these women have also done that so chorus as practice rather than performance I guess so anyway here are Tani and Carolyn talking to each other about that practice my name is Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs my pronouns are she her and I came to this chorus work through my music and art practice I am a composer and performance artist, and in the wake of the 2016 elections, I was attending a lot of protests and noticing that my voice was quite uh, ragged from yelling, and I thought, I'd rather be singing at this protest, and I have a feeling other folks might want to as well. So started Community Chorus early in 2017. And the idea is that it's not an, uh, there's no audition. It's like a drop-in chorus. So anyone who's interested in singing can 
pop in for one rehearsal if they feel like it. They can just meet us at the protest and sing along. We bring extra lyric sheets for everyone. And in general, the, the I mean, well, this is all pre-core, but most of the songs that we sing at the protest are really easy to pick up. And then we have some of the more seasoned members singing the harmonies. I'm Tawny Ling. I am the conductor for the community chorus. I'm a professional singer and a music instructor. I teach voice lessons. Um, my background in in choral music is I actually started singing in choirs um, seriously when I was in high school and all through college. And we did um, uh, very serious choral work and attended um international competitions, statewide competitions. We won some competitions. I've sung in choirs and venues up and down the state of California, and we've, I've performed at Carnegie Hall and on stages in um, Wales and, and Hungary and other parts of uh, the UK and Eastern Europe. And I, up until our recent shutdown, I was still singing um, as a paid singer in various choirs around Southern California, doing mostly church singing. And then um, I'm also, a, I, I'm a professional singer, so I do a lot of classical music and new music and experimental music and microtonal music. So so I found Community Chorus through my, my performing professional and personal relationship with Carolyn um, because I was performing in a lot of her, uh, what do you want to call those pieces, Carolyn? pieces <laughs> what are they yeah uh, we were doing a lot of uh what public art performances yeah vocal and movement public performance and ritual is what I write when I have to describe it in one sentence that's very good <laughs> and, and then and Carolyn when she started this choir, I, I decided to come check it out. I was lucky to be there at the very first rehearsal that was held. Yeah, yeah and I sang with the choir for for a bit off and on. And then one day Carolyn said she was considering adding another element to it, which was getting, I guess, someone with some official, you want to call it official conducting mm-hmm. experience, which I had yeah, some formal. prior yeah, formal. Yeah, someone who could actually read music, <laughs> for example, <laughs> <laughs> and was charismatic and wonderful and captivating. So, yeah, obviously, this, Tani. It's been an honor, and this this whole thing has been a, a group effort for sure, and mm-hmm. thankfully so. Yeah, the very first rehearsal. For community chorus was amazing. We were at the Women's Center for Creative Work, and there were so many people there. Mm-hmm. I think we would have gotten in trouble with a fire marshal had that been an issue, had that come up. Mm-hmm. But the, the room was packed full of people who were so happy to be there together, to sing together, to try try out this new this new chorus. And and um, I I was amazed. I was amazed that that so many people came from so many different parts of town. A few of us knew some at least one other person there, but it was it was really this wonderful unifying um, moment. And and we. Carolyn was leading, and uh, I, I don't remember all of the songs we did. I think we did Rise by Solange and Let Your Little Light Shine. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was a certain freestyle element to it because we were, we would learn the, the main melody and then we would um, improvise our harmonies on the, you know, subsequent go arounds of the pieces. And, and everyone was a little shy at first mm-hmm. and, you know, took a few people to kind of be like, okay, well, I'm just going to step up. This is a safe space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can try things here, you know? And then, and then everyone kind of slowly was peeling off the layers and, that's that's a great thing about this choir is that you can't it is a very safe space and you can kind of go through the process of finding yourself here you know mm. you, we 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 know ourselves mm. to a certain degree but there are always these little these aspects things we didn't know we could do things we've been wondering if we could do and and music is the perfect means of expression for this Mm, I love that. Yeah, I was just thinking like when you were talking about that, I would say like two thirds of the people who joined their first statement would be like, I'm a terrible singer. They would like (laughs) enter the door and be like, I can't sing. I'm like, well, this is the place for you. And then sing you will. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I was, I guess, not surprised at how much trauma people have around their voices. And I think that's been a, a kind of added special element of this course it is like kind of drop in vocal therapy during some practices maybe all do you agree with that Tony oh absolutely absolutely chorus kind of gives you the best of both terrifying worlds it's like well you (laughs) you you sing with other people so you're like oh great I can I can kind of hide behind these other voices around me right you know and you're Mm. like I'll I'll just sing really softly because I don't want anyone to judge me I want anyone mm-hmm. to judge my voice. And mm-hmm. and and then and then at the same time it's like, wait, I, I I'm I'm too quiet. I really want to be heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and then but then you have the the voices around you to buoy you when mm-hmm. when you flip that switch and you're like, wait, I need I'm I'm ready to be heard now. And you're like, and I can do it in the safety of of this group where everyone else pretty much is kind of fe- having the same thoughts, you know. It's that collective space where we can support each other while also oh, finding out where our strengths are and develop our strengths too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and have yeah. a voice and be heard. Yeah. One of the highlights of this chorus also, I think, is what I call a freedom chord. <laughs> so this is just everyone making a tone at the same time. And actually, can we just try one? Just obviously Gina can edit this out, but I feel like it's kind of interesting. So Anne... <laughs> that mm-hmm. that yeah. like if you just go like Bleh, like you can make any sound but we just do it all at the same time okay so on the count of three any sound let's let's make the ah like ah okay one two three ah. Ah. yeah so that <laughs> <laughs> you guys have more stamina than I do. I, I mean, we've been practicing, man. <laughs> I know. There were some good vibrations there. Yeah, I, I loved that like low note you were holding. I mean, when you're in a room with everyone making that sound, it is like, it is psychedelic. It is straight up psychedelic. You can feel it, all your cells twizzling. Um, as exercises, we perform some Pauli and Oliveris scores that are about listening and making experimental sound together. 
I'm missing the vibration of singing in the same room with people and the singing in the same space with people. I had stopped doing any sort of activism for a long time because I was I was pretty into it when I was in high school and college. But at the time when I would try to, dare I say, get on the soapbox, after a while that became so demoralizing that I kind of, I just stopped. I had to stop and I decided that I was just going to do activism on my own for myself. You know, I, ideally it, it benefits people around me somehow, but I, I wasn't going to try to make my voice heard as much. I was just going to do it for myself. And and I had really stopped participating in any any outward activism for a very, very long time, really until I started doing things with Chorus. That's been a huge step for me to come back to this. And, and I feel like Chorus was kind of, it was the, mm. the way to do it. That was the way that it got me back in because it was a group mm. effort. And, mm. and, you know, we're, we're, I wouldn't, we don't all line up 100%, you know, with our ideas and our politics and everything. We don't have to. Mm. But, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're <laughs> in going along the same, the same course enough mm. that we can do this together. So it's been a huge deal for me to attend these events and support these events and support these people, you know, like Katie Porter. And I'm, I'm very grateful to have this as my medium through which to express mm. my, I guess my, where my passions lie when it comes mm. to what, whatever's happening in the world right now. I love to bring, um, political activism into my performances um in general like the experimental vocal and movement performances performance art um public ritual I like to now bring chorus into those as well like we did this performance this public performance in downtown LA that was right before the 2018 election called ritual for democracy and it had some like scary masks and coordinated movement. And Tani was a featured singer. And then a chorus came from the crowd and formed a, a kind of a V. And Tani led them through a song about listening and collective action, like at the very end of the performance. And then at the end of the performance, we announced this bus that a partner organization, Artists for Democracy, had organized to uh, get out the vote that was um, happening the following weekend. And a lot of people showed up from that performance. It was very galvanizing. It was very encouraging. Being in a space with folks that I wouldn't necessarily encounter on a daily basis, I mean, that sounds maybe a little like duh, but I mean, I am often working in my office, in my studio, in my uh, mind grapes. And, you know, I, I work with um, an ensemble of, of friends and colleagues, but um, this is just, there's something about it being open. Like we, like I said, we never know who's going to show up. Who's going to be there? What are we going to learn? The opportunity for the exchange of ideas is probably a huge part of 
chorus. It's not it's not an an explicit part of chorus, mm-hmm. but it's always there. And and you know, ideas about anything, anything. <laughs> there's there's always room to to jam, to chat, to to exchange, you know, to discuss. I and many other musicians, we we do a lot of solo work like um, Carolyn was talking about. And what by that I'm I'm referring to our own prep work, our own individual practice. All of that stuff that has to happen before you even you know, begin to meet with someone else to rehearse together if you're lucky enough to do that. And that's always my favorite part is when when mm-hmm. I've got my part down and the other person or other persons have their part down, then we get to come together. Then the real magic happens. And it's nice to be able to share that experience with someone else instead of just toiling away mm-hmm. <laughs> all by yourself. <laughs> um, and, and the great thing about choir is... Um, it's like we all have a voice. We all have our ind- individual voices. But when we come together, we get to amplify our voices by by singing together, you know. And and mm. you can take that as far as you want. We're amplifying our ideas, amplifying our thoughts, mm-hmm. amplifying our emotions. But but mm-hmm. there's there's something powerful about being being stronger or louder. I don't really like the word louder. I like stronger. <laughs> so be, being stronger without having to be louder, I guess, mm. as an individual, we're stronger together. We, you know, that's, that's kind of like a tired thing to hear, but it's true. That's why people say it all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're stronger <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, becoming more comfortable with that, your actual voice can help mm-hmm. you I think galvanize you to take action outside of course. That is my ideal. I hope that is true. I think it is true for for some of the participants. I think so. Yeah. Car- Carolyn has this great quote on the community course website: "Vocalizing is a radical act." Uh, I <laughs> love that quote. I made a poster uh, out of her quote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you think about it, you know, because how many people in the world? aren't allowed to speak their minds or, or have their own thoughts validated. So many people mm. are, have been hushed, mm. hushed by what their, their governments, by their cultural norms, whatever that may be by family even, which is sad, mm-hmm. you know, but vocalizing is a radical act. You're allowed to be heard. We're allowed to be heard. It doesn't, that doesn't mean screaming over other people to be the loudest person in the room, but <laughs> We all have we all have our thoughts and ideas, and everyone should have the opportunity to be heard. And if we're gonna do it through singing, great. Uh, I love them. Let's uh, listen to a song from Community Chorus. Window, window, Thank mm-hmm. you. 
show notes so you can listen to more songs from community chorus and uh yeah i think that they also have a model where if it's something that you wanted to start where you are in the era when people can safely sing together um that is that is an option i love this as an accessible form of activism and a replicable form of activism yeah you know i like i just really appreciate what you know, the reality that everyone has like brought to the situation, right? That it is both like very joyful and also really hard work. And I, um, I just, I don't know. I feel like very, um, very heartened by, you know, the fact that you can do this kind of creative, like activism with your work and get so much personal fulfillment from it and also make a difference at the same time. It just seems like very sweet and lovely to me. Um, before we go, I have a question for you. So that the Emma Goldman quote that you mentioned from that you mentioned at the top of the episode, which is it's not my revolution if I can't dance to it. How would you fill in the blank of it's not my revolution if I can't blank to it? Oh, that's so good. Um, I mean, like sing is already taken. Um, I mean, that could be your answer, too. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a singer. So let's be real here. Um, you know, it's not my revolution if I can't snack to it um, is probably where my answer is. I was like, where um, where are the food revolution people? Because I'm ready to go there. It's not my revolution if I can't snack to it. What's yours? <laughs> my version is like something crafty. You know what I mean? I'm like making the protest sign, making the shirt with iron on letters, little acts of making things I feel like are my kind of creative resistance form. So maybe it's not my revolution if I can't craft to it. <laughs> sounds so horrible and like etsy t-shirt but that is like kind of my reality yeah like like a a, a hot glue gun is involved like a non-lethal gun that i love like the hot glue gun (laughs) i love this like a midwest infused like revolution vibes for you yeah my Um, midwest praxis (laughs) you know crafting is very important and crafting is political as you have taught me so uh you know i'm going with it i love it all right i'll see you uh on the internet and in the revolution I'll see you in the revolution. Bye, boo. Bye. You can find us many places on the internet, callyourgirlfriend.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all your favorite platforms. Subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill. You can call us back. You can leave a voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. You can email us callyrgf at gmail.com our theme song is by robin original music composed by carolyn pennypacker riggs we're on instagram and twitter at callyrgf 
Our producer is Jordan Bailey, and this podcast is produced by Gina Dalvac. We vote as if somebody's life depends on it. So many lives depend on this privilege to persist. When When the day is done, a vote can swing the pendulum, the arc can bend when we act collectively. Oh, no.